Hello and welcome to a special episode of Arkham Horror Badly. My name is Peredir and I play Arkham Horror the card game just not that well. But uh, today is a special episode because it's not just me here. I'm also joined by the host of the Watch This podcast, who is... John, uh, or Monotone. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, so, uh, John, do you want to explain to our lovely, hopefully joint audience, uh, why we are both on the, the cast today? Um, yeah, so we are playing, as as hopefully everyone listening to this knows, we, we are playing through the, the Dream Quest. Um, so I am playing through um, the Dreaming side, and Perida is playing through the Waking side. And so we're going to be doing the interludes today, where we find out how the other did, although um, we've both listened to the other's episodes, so we already know. Um, and we decide um, what to do um, by talking to a cat. Yeah, that's right. And afterwards, maybe we'll talk about um, what XP we have and what we might want to do to upgrade our decks. And maybe we can offer each other some kind of counsel as to how to uh, endure the nightmares that will undoubtedly follow on our respective campaigns. Um, so I'm going to assume that a lot of people listening to this have either played um, the, uh, the Dream Eaters or are... Uh, vaguely familiar with it. I'm saying that because there's like a page and a half of dense text that the uh, designers have written as a prelude to this uh, interlude. So I think we're not going to read it all, otherwise this will become an, an audiobook, uh, fun as that sounds. Um, but um, shall, so it basically we uh, where the interlude starts in the dream world where Sephina um, Sephina survived the, the forest, right? The, the, despite the big labouring gug that was uh, lumbering around. Yes. By the skin of her teeth. Yeah. And then what did you do with the Zooks and the cats? I can't remember. I always side with the cats. Um, so um, the cats always collect their tribute um, because I have two cats and I don't want them to be angry at me. <laughs> you're, you're, you're worrying that Arkham Horror will bleed into the real world given that cats have that power. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't take any chances when it comes to my cats. Um, that's, that's a fair point. I actually point. have... One of them is currently sat behind me um, watching and making sure that I'm um, being proper. So, yeah, got to be on side. Okay. So then Stefan um, meets Randolph Carter, who looks fine. Um, and uh, they together they go to Ulthar and find Virgil Grey, I think. And then Virgil Grey's black cat starts talking to you. He does. He does. And Stefan is a little bit perturbed, I think. Although she has had some fairly strange dreams in her time, so perhaps not that perturbed. Um, I don't know whether talking cats um, is uh, as odd as dreaming of the spires of Carcosa. Oh, they're probably on kind of similar level, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the black cats in interlude... Well, yeah, we're in interlude one, and the black cats... Uh, is, go is asking, what shall I tell your friends in the waking world? So the lead investigator, that's you, must choose one. Yes. You tell your companions of your quest, your plight, and your peril. The black cat will return to you once this message is delivered. This may put an undue burden on your companions. Who is William? Or tell, your tell, tell, your tell William about your new friends and about the dreamlands. Or... 
tell William that he is in danger and that you are safe. The Black Cat will stay with William once this message is delivered. This might make your quest a little bit more difficult. Or you don't trust this creature one bit. You threaten the Black Cat, warning it not to approach your friends under any circumstances. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're taking the fourth one. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, no. So I think... Sephina, I don't think that I am in peril. Sephina uh, had a good time in the wood and it got a little bit airy, but she's not she's not panicking yet. Um, and I suspect she she has confidence in uh, William's ability to take care of himself, um, especially with his um, shovel and his skull. Um, <laughs> so I think she will share um, share her knowledge of the green, dreamlands. And so the black cat will share the knowledge of the dreamlands as well mm. and the astute listener who has played um this um campaign before may note that that is the choice if one um wants to um get get a certain ending um so mm. so yes okay so that means that you record in your campaign log that the black cats shared knowledge of the dreamlands so both campaign logs we record that the black cat has a hunch okay so um all so then in uh black cat three following scenario 1b which is mine um i meet the cat as well and it's so uh that's where we see the black cat as a hunch um and uh, that's it so there was an opportunity of course to put tokens in our bags um but i think by not putting any tokens in we're not disadvantaging or advantaging either of our our campaigns and i think that's probably fine yes yeah i think i think i mean certainly i think um your deck um seems to be going very well and, and my deck seems to be going pretty well um so i'm not too worried about either side particularly when I played through with my wife, um, our uh, waking side decks were doing much worse. So we decided to send the cat um, to help our waking side um, selves uh, as a result. I think I think when I played this to three player, um, it was the other way around. I, I think we struggled a bit in the dreaming side, at least initially, um, but you know, absolutely wasted the first scenario in, in, in the waking side. And so... Ended up sending the people to help in the uh, search for Gaddafi, which I think was broadly useful. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that we've you know, your deck looks pretty cool, and there's opportunities maybe to um, in in cool in it more. Um, so uh, uh, on that front, do you want to uh, tell the fine folks how many XP you got and um, any ideas you have as to how you would upgrade Sephina's deck? So I um, managed to get um, uh, 10 experience, um, which is uh, lovely. Um, and so I've been thinking, so obviously like previous times I've played Sephina, there are some upgrades that come to mind quite quickly, um, but they are really all rogue cards. Um, and so I've never really lent into her mystic side from the XP um, direction. The The only thing... The only thing that I kind of I, I I would be I would be very surprised if I don't take the four of cups 
Um, because Sephina's large opening hand means that she gets good value out of the tarot because she's more likely to see them. And also because I'm leaning so heavily into my uh, heads, then that will help me out. Other than that, I'm not sure. I could take ornate bow, but most of the 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 plus most of, most of the pluses to my feet are rogue cards. So <laughs> I am just going to be at four plus two if I take the bow. Is it four plus two? Yeah, and I'm not sure about that. But equally, I can't take upgraded shriveling. So any any um suggestions are very welcome. Okay, so I mean the the, the ornate bow. The problem with that uh, is that it takes kind of an action to. to to reload it right which means that it's so low that feels quite action intensive so uh, your but your problem is as you've said that you only have uh base level shriveling or access to base level shriveling so um i i had a a, a few thoughts about kind of hand items it is uh, abyssal tome is an is a possibility um this is a recent one that was in Devil's Reef. Abyssal Tome is a book that you exhaust it and you fight with your will instead of your fists. But you can stack Doom on it to give yourself a skill bonus and the damage bonus. Now, I don't know whether or not Sephina likes having Doom in play, but probably not. But um, that is an option to, to be fighting at will higher than four. Mm, yeah. Another option that I thought, which is kind of a different, different direction, is something like Grotesque Statue 2. Um, which allows you to uh, basically draw two chaos tokens and, and use one. And, and sometimes in the last scenario, there were times, I think you'll agree, where you uh, kind of <laughs> wished you hadn't drawn the token that you had drawn. Yep, yep, that's fair. And because Sephina doesn't necessarily do much with her hand slots, um, potentially that's something quite nice to have in play to negate the the uh, evil of the chaos bag. Yeah, no, I hadn't. I hadn't thought about grotesque statue, but that could actually be a very good pick because, like you say, it might it might mean that I can kind of. I'm not going to have the 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 heads bonus um, from the upgraded shriveling, but if I can just draw more tokens to make that less of a problem, perhaps um, that's a good way forward. I also I I also thought of um, tarot for you. I also thought, and this is a pre left field of um, Anna Kaslov. Um, and Anakaz was quite expensive, and she's not very tough as an ally. But uh, if, if if you want to absolutely maximise your chance of drawing four of cups, you could put her in. And if you get her in the opening hand, that's a free ally, which is essentially a one horror, one damage soak if you aren't bothered about having multiple terrors in play. Um, but it is quite expensive for what it is. Um, Robes of Endless Night, have you ever played with this? I actually have the art for Robes of Endless Night. I bought it off. Um, I bought a print off the artist. I love that card. Oh, nice! It's an amazing card. Yeah, no. So I because that would give me the um, damage soak as well, which is really nice. Yeah, because five five damage is is not so five health is not great, and there are certain cards. I yeah, there are probably big enemies coming up, which which are going to be a hassle to you if, you if you don't sort of have some kind of circle. You've got David Renfield, of course, um, but but typically you probably don't want to lose David Renfield that much because he's giving you that will bonus. I think that's true. And also, I thought Word of Command, which is a spell tutor, and potentially it gives you even more access to the spell events that you need. Yes. Potentially, although it is quite expensive. No, and it's also an event, which is nice. Um, so if I put it under Seth, then 
I can potentially use it multiple times, which is uh, really could be very useful. I mean, if you if you have word of command under Seth, then you can play some spell events three times. I think I can't I, I can't quite work it out. Maybe that doesn't work. But um, the, the 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 ability to move things around from your deck to your hand, from your hand to Seven and Bags first, and so on, is potentially cool. It definitely is. When actually word of word of command can find Painted World. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Because that's a spell. Yeah. Because that was one of the things when I brewed the deck originally, one of the things I was kind of tempted by was um, Arcane Initiate. But I didn't want... It's always difficult when you build a Ceph deck because you don't want to have too many assets. And I knew I was going fairly asset-heavy already. Um, but no, yeah, no, Word of Command's a really good shout. I might might go for that. Because in a sense, a Word of Command is, is a fourth painted world. I mean, it costs two. But it gives you access to, you know, I mean, it, it means that you can find a painted world instead of word of command. The, the, the other one that I thought that you might like, actually, there's, there's two more, sorry. Uh, stargazing. <laughs> stargazing, I've, I've, I, I like it, although I don't think it's ever done, be bent any bonus in, in, in when I've played it. I've always had it in my deck in a few campaigns and it's kind of that triggered. But in solo, I think it's the, I mean, it's best in solo, I would guess, rather than in, in multiplayer. Um, but it's an option. And then level two guts, because your willpower is not amazing. Level two guts gives you three will and probably gives you two cards, which is quite a nice draw for mystics. Yes. Yeah, that is true. I think, so I thought about level two guts and the, and the two card draw was actually the thing that put me off just because I was worried about stars of Hyades and, 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 I was very lucky in the game I played that it, it was hiding at the very bottom of my deck. But I know that times when I've leaned very heavily into drawers, Seth, you, you can end up really regretting if you if you draw stars multiple times. Um, but perhaps I'm being overly pessimistic there. I really like the idea of robes. Um, and I, and I, and I, especially because it lets you um, play the spell without... Um, provoking an attack of opportunity on the upgraded version which means you could get shriveling down if you haven't already put it down which would be really nice and stargazing stargazing is just such a cool card and and i kind of agree i've not i've, I've never had it work well in a deck i've put it in but i i just think it's such a cool idea that i kind of want to put it in decks just to try and make it work yeah, because, I mean, the fantasy is that you put uh, the Stars are Right into the Encanto deck and then you draw that card when any other Encanto card would, would wreck you and instead you get some money and some cards. And so, you know, it, it the, the possibility of that is possibly <laughs> better than the, than the result. But um, it, it doesn't cost anything to play. It costs one experience. So, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, I I, I think there's, there's, there's... With 10 XP, you can do quite a lot of... Um, lots of really boosted that i think yes i think you're right so what i will say is that there's one card that i was thinking about upgrading which you haven't mentioned so i want to get your feeling on it and that is i was tempted to take a copy of time warp oh yeah because it's 2xp and it lets you it lets you rewind um the game state to where it was before you took an action um and I just there were a couple of times in that last scenario where I drew the auto fail, where I was like, if I could time warp to before I drew the token, that would have helped quite a lot. 
Um, and so I was wondering about that as a kind of, I absolutely can't fail this check insurance. So it's fast, right, which is pretty good. Um, if you put yeah. it, it, It's an event, obviously, you can put it under Sephina if you draw it, but it, it, you kind of might want to put two in your deck if you're going to be hoping to draw it in the opening hand, I suppose. Um, yes. It, it, it kind of depends, doesn't it? Because, for example, if you're talking about undoing a token pull, then maybe something mm. like a grotesque statue um, is, is is slightly better there because you can have it in play and then you can use it three times rather than just once for time warp. Um, and uh, the 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 down the downside or the drawback of that is that of course you have to predict beforehand that you're going to want to draw two tokens, uh, whereas time warp you can decide after the fact. But I mean, in in mo- in, me- in most decks, I would say that time warp is you kind of have to have it at exactly the right time in your hand. Whereas if Sephina can have it underneath her, then that gives you much more flexibility with when to play it. Yeah, I think it's quite... It's it's potentially quite nice. Um, but of course, it's one of those cards which maybe you end up putting in your deck and then you kind of never play it. It, 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 it requires things to be sufficiently bad that you don't get it. But everybody listening probably has had an experience in this game where you where something goes wrong and 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 it 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 was it was important for it not to go wrong maybe it was the clue that you needed or the evasion that you needed or the parley that you needed and because you failed it everything's gone wrong um and uh, or maybe it's drawing an encounter card um no you can't it's a resolving an action during your turn so you could um so i don't i don't think you can um if you're drawn to the flame you could undo that right that's yes, you could. I mean, you'd play it again and draw a different card, but I think you'd just draw the same card again. But at least you'd know it was there. I think the card, yeah, exactly. So I guess you could play drawn to the flame, be like, oh no, this is a terrible encounter card, and then time warp back and prepare to like do something that would help you deal with it. So like it was an enemy, you might be able to get down shriveling or something. But possibly it, it might be that it's something for um, uh, later. I'm wondering if it could come in useful in the last scenario um, with he who shall not be named. Yeah, there's such crucial tests if you're going down that route, and and it it, it I've I've had the experience as you may know of of drawing the wrong thing at the wrong time there. Um, yeah, I, I I would probably say that it, you want to and and same for me, you want to kind of. Uh, bolster the deck first and put in things that just make it work better. Uh, Time Warp feels like a kind of luxury card, which is going to be fun and and useful, but maybe there are other things that you want to shore up first. But you know, I, I, I if you put one in, I, I you know, I, I think you probably would be able to play it, especially a seven. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, so I think you're right. So I think probably I'll put in Four of Cups and the Robes of Endless Night, and then probably word of command but i'm a little bit wary if i don't put if i put um two grotesque statues in i'm taking i i'm i'm changing the mix of assets to events quite a lot whereas if i put um word of command in um i think that will um firstly not change the the ratio as much but secondly kind of help with the fact that i'll be seeing fewer events potentially but yeah okay yeah, that makes sense. So that would be what two robes, two four cups, and two words of commands for ten. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think I'll probably swap out Emergency Cash, Sign Magic, and Voice of Ra. Sign Magic was in there in case I wanted to play, um, like, two copies of Shriveling and Sixth Sense. I am not really sure that that is something I need to spend a deck slot on. Voice of Ra and Emergency Cash taking... I, I, I felt I had... At no point in the game I played um, in the last episode did I look at Voice of Ra and think, oh, I could play that to get, like, cash. Um, and so I think taking that out makes sense. And because I'm putting um, Robes of Endless Night in, um, I'm going to be getting the economy benefit from that. Um, so I don't think I need to worry too much about... And you've got Uncaged the Soul as well, which which uh, I can't remember if you used it or not last time, but that's kind of a free shriveling or a free six cents, basically, isn't it? No, and the thing, the great thing with Uncage the Soul is that it's got the two um, will icons as well. So even if you don't want it for the money, uh, it's good for the commit. Um, but yes, cool. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to now give you suggestions on yours. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. So I got 11 experience from uh, The Waking Nightmare, but that was basically, I got 10, and then I got the 11th from Yorick's uh, signature card, uh, Buried in Deep, which is is so good, right? I mean, there's, getting hopefully one extra experience every scenario is, is, is quite useful. Um, no, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've got some ideas. I've kind of, I, I, I've sort of been thinking about this quite a lot over the past few weeks and thinking, what would I spend it on? So give me your ideas and then and then I'll, I'll yeah we'll talk about it okay so um first idea and and i suspect this is an idea you've already had um but i think upgraded vicious blow um is the first thing i'd spend xp on just because i think you're gonna struggle with um zero to two access in getting the action compression of those really beefy guardian weapons and being able to potentially get that plus two if it succeeds by two or more on the damage is just it just feels so great and it and it feels great even in someone who has access to like lightning gun and shotgun and those but like um f- for your yorick deck i think it might be a real a real good pick <laughs> Yeah, so with with Winchester, I do I fight at six, and with Vicious Blow committed, I would be fighting at eight. And if I revealed, if I succeeded by two and revealed a positive token or non-negative token, I would be doing five damage, which is um, which is enough to take down most of the kind of beefy one victory, non-final boss enemies. Um, and and yeah, I, I I yeah that that's a that's a pretty solid recommendation. I think the the only when I played Vicious Blow in the first scenario, I think it was unnecessary. Um, I played it for a reason, just in case I failed to draw the token to make the Winchester kick off. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, it. But I mean, it means, for example, that I can just stab with a knife and commit Vicious Blow and potentially do three damage, and that's that's pretty good. Yeah, no, it is, and I think um, if I recall correctly, the ability to commit it to the knife to do three damage can come in super handy in one of the later scenarios on the um awake side where i think there are some um particularly nasty uh three health enemies that need to die and the swarming swarming enemies as well i mean there's almost no just single one health enemies in in these campaigns as far as i remember um they're always kind of in groups so you almost always want to be able to do two or three damage so yeah i think that's fair um the other 
kind of the other thing that I would possibly suggest doing early, especially given the Winchester, because um, because I'm and, and well, tell me if I'm off base here. My suspicion is the Winchester is not a card you're looking to swap out. That's correct. That's that's correct. I mean, it, it plausibly there are weapons. There are really sort of strong five XP guns that I could look at, um, but the Winchester is is so is is got a lot of ammo. It does three damage. You know, it, in that last in that recording you heard, it did it quite often actually. And I am playing on easy, which makes it more likely. Um, but it's still kind of um, it, it's pleasing to use. So I don't intend on getting rid of it. And if I did upgrade it, I would upgrade it to another two-handed weapon. I'm guessing. Um, I mean, lightning gun is cool, right? But lightning gun doesn't have any doesn't have much ammo. That's what's putting me off. I think. Well, also you can't take lightning gun because it's beyond your. But if you're planning to keep the Winchester, I think if I were you, I would take a copy of Sacred Covenant. Um, 2 XP means the blessings go back in the bag if you didn't need them. My understanding um, from um, discussions on, on various discords, there has not been a official ruling, as far as I'm aware, on whether or not ignoring a blessed token with the Covenant counts as revealing one for the purposes of the Winchester. Because it says you ignore their modifiers, but it but the Winchester says if you have revealed a token with a non-negative modifier, is a null modifier non-negative? These are the philosophical questions to which I have no answers. Um, but even if it doesn't combo with Winchester in the way that you'd like it to, it still means your blessing density in the bag is staying higher through the campaign, which means the Winchester's more likely to trigger anyway. Um, and it's just in my wife's sister Mary deck that she's playing through Innsmouth at the moment. As soon as we added that, the bless mechanics just started going so much more smoothly. Um, so I definitely think um, that would be one of my early upgrades as well. That's really useful. Thank you. Because I had thought about it, um, but I thought maybe of getting it later on. But I, I think that my reading of it was and is that... Um, the token st- is still revealed, but then it's, it's, its modifier is ignored. And the, the presence of the blessed token is what triggers the Winchester, not its modifier, right? Um, so it, it, in that case, I mean, sometimes I do want the plus two, but sometimes I don't. Um, and so I think this would be useful, particularly because one of the things that I've noticed about the deck is actually there's not that many ways of getting blessed into the into the bag and so once they're in there you kind of i kind of want to keep them in there most of the time so uh yeah no i i think that's a really solid 2xp pick um yeah that was something i noticed when i was looking through because i because when i was listening i was like oh you've managed to get a bunch of blessed tokens into the bag like and i was looking at how you had done it and i was like it's it it, it, it um it, it it surprised me how few cards you have that do it given how well you were doing um um with it um and i think having the covenant will help so the other thing I thought was, um, and again, it's a blessed token uh, card, and it's Righteous Hunt, which is from uh, In Too Deep again. And it is engage, choose an enemy up to two locations away, move one location at a time to the location, engage it, and add blessing tokens to the bag equal to that enemy's horror value. I, putting the blessed tokens in is nice. I think being able to move two locations in solo is probably better um i think i think having a card that basically lets you save an action 
and an engagement potentially if the enemy you're going to is aloof um, is possibly very useful. And so that was that was kind of I like it for adding the blessed tokens, but I like it almost as much for letting you just get a little bit more movement. Especially because, like, obviously, with neutral and guardian being your only classes, movement um, isn't necessarily something that you've got a lot of. So I had uh, uh, I. This is one of the few guardian cards that puts blessings in the bag. So blessings in the bag. So I had looked at this. My concern about this is how often do you get an enemy in solo that's far away from you and not hunting towards you? Um, I mean, for example, my. Um, uh, my basic weakness is the thing that follows who's got one horror so you know it, I can pretty much guarantee that that bugger's going to turn up uh, and so I could play Righteous Hunt to move to it and get a one bless um, and obviously there may be other monsters who come up who have more more than that or horror than that um, but I'm trying to kind of visualise what I remember of the remaining scenarios and whether or not I'm likely to be in that situation because a lot of the time the, mm. the enemies spawn on you or they spawn somewhere else but hunt to you um but there may be situations that i'm not thinking of where it would be useful so i'm really um unsure about this card i kind of want to put it in because it's an opportunity to put blessers in and, and it does have a, a, a um, fist icon on it as well um but on the other hand i i don't know how often i will be able to use it of course that it does work without movement, right? So it works just as pay one, engage an enemy at your location, and add less tokens to the bag. Of course, it would it would it would trigger an attack of opportunity if that came up, I suppose. Um, so if you had an aloof enemy at your location, then then you could just play it and and grab it. In theory, I suppose you could play it and and grab it if you know an enemy that's already engaged. I think you could probably play that uh, but uh, i think then that would trigger an attack of opportunity because you played in an event while you're engaged with it but maybe that's worth it running bless uh the the thing so you mentioned um the thing that follows well that's actually one of my reasons for thinking this card might be good because if you draw the thing that follows early in a scenario you can use this card to move twice towards it which if it's a big map could be useful the penalty will be if you draw a thing that follows late in the scenario so that playing this card would mean you were moving backwards through the map it would be kind of nowhere near as useful uh so i don't have a feel for how often either of those scenarios are likely to come up that's a really interesting use of it actually i hadn't thought that you could use it proactively to deliberately spawn the thing that follows somewhere that you want to go and move towards him yeah, because if you've got multiple locations that the thing, like if you're halfway through the scenario and the thing that follows like has multiple valid locations it can spawn at, putting it in front of you and then using this to kind of go forward more quickly could be potentially quite cool. Um, but I do stress I haven't actually tried that. So um, <laughs> uh, take take that thought with a pinch of salt, perhaps. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's one XP, so it's a possibility to take it as a one-off. Um, and and sort of have it up, up, up my sleeve kind of thing. So yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely going to consider it. Were there any others that you thought about? Well, okay, so there was one more, um, and this is I'm I'm not I'm not sure about this um, because I don't know how likely it would be to trigger in solo. Well, okay, so there are two more. <laughs> um, so um, the first one was you've got a one of 
of Dynamite Blast in the deck. I think the upgraded Dynamite Blast is slightly better because you don't take the attack of opportunity. Um, but I'm not sure what your thinking was behind the original include. So kind of what is that letting you tech against? I think I put it in to deal with uh, groups of enemies. Uh, but, I mean, to be honest, it was something that I was that I am happy to kind of replace with something else. You know, when you put something in sometimes to to uh, to deal with it as, as a kind of smart bomb kind of thing, if you like. Um, and three damage in the early scenarios is often enough to kill most most creatures and and, and especially with the swarms. Yeah, for example, in the first scenario, I was I knew there was a swarm of spiders up in the top, and I could have if I had dynamite blast, which I don't think I ever drew, um, I could have moved up adjacent and chucked the dynamite blast in in theory. But of course, it's so expensive, and having five spare is is relatively unlikely for guardians. So I, I, I agree that the, the the other two upgrades, the well, the level three one is even better, but because uh, it's fast. Um, but the 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 level two one is 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 a significant improvement in terms of cost and and lack of attack of opportunity. Yeah, I I, I suppose I can consider. I, mean, I don't think I'll take it for this one, but I might sort of eyeing the third and fourth scenarios. There may be situations where I I do want to nuke a location essentially before moving into it. Well, the thing the thing that occurred to me was that if you are in the final scenario, the um, the um, legs, I believe, are all three health, and I know that in that scenario, action efficiency can end up. Like I remember when I played through it with my wife, we were like two, one or two actions off, like the victory. Um, and so I'm wondering if you spawn an enemy engaged with you and you need to kill a leg, I'm wondering whether um, the Dynamite Blast, the upgraded version, might kind of just be better for the lack of um, the lack of attacks opportunity. Um, and obviously, the fact it's one cheaper is is also useful. Um, but yeah, it is. It is potentially a very niche card, isn't it? So there is there is that as well. It's the guaranteed damage that that, that makes it good in principle. Um, I don't think I've very I've, I don't think I've managed to play Dynamite Blast very often in any of my games because it's so expensive. But I you know I am aware of of times when I've played it or my playing partners have played it and it's been you know pretty nice. So I I don't know. I think my feeling is that I'll up, I'll upgrade out of it this time, but maybe bring one back in. Before the fourth scenario, possibly the, the the level three one, which is fast, because then that becomes really nice. Then if we can save the money, I would recommend the level three. But of course, again, it's um, it's over your um. Oh, I of course I can't. Ugh. I keep forgetting that because I keep thinking I I am a guardian. I can take guardian cards. Yeah. Um. So, um, my last my last suggestion. The last thing I've got is um, I don't know whether... So, obviously, Flashlight um, combos well with, 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 with Yorick's ability, um, but I was wondering about the um, card Lesson Learned, which lets you get two clues when a enemy does damage to you, and it's fast. And, like, obviously... 
There's an argument here that, well, there are, I think there are multiple arguments, which is firstly, finding two clues in uh, solo can be less useful than it seems. Like, I think when I played Seth, I kept thinking, oh, I should save Drawn to the Flame to find two clues. And I don't think I had a single two-clue location in that um, scenario. So, you know, it can be a trap. Yeah, I think there was I think there was one or possibly two in the scenario that I played and I was sort of walking around hoping that I would draw a scene of the crime at the, at the exact moment that I was on the two location but uh yeah, yeah I mean uh, I I think that I, I've never I've not played lesson learned because I've not had a chance to um it's it's quite I don't know it it kind of requires you to not kill enemies, right? So to leave enemies until they they, they hit you in, in the enemy phase, but that that can happen more often than than one thinks, I think. Well, and also the other thing is obviously like if you um, if you're on a high shroud location that has two clues and you're engaged with an enemy, you could also kind of I don't know play a knife or something to deliberately trigger the attack of opportunity and get two clues. Um, so in that in that sense, like if you end up kind of a hunter enemy ends on you and in an inconvenient moment this can be parlayed into an advantage but like um even if you need to trigger the attack for opportunity you could basically kind of treat that as spend an action for two clues which is still not bad action efficiency um the other thing is it's got two book icons on it um which is kind of so if you don't end up in a situation where you can parlay it into the two clues um it's still potentially helpful for investigating um anyway i think this is my least my most speculative um sorry i think this is my most speculative uh suggestion um so so currently my clue cards in the deck uh, and obviously yorick on his own with his two intellect is not great at getting clues so i've got two flashlights two scene of the crime one evidence and one perception I think I also used to take the initiative a couple of times in that last scenario to 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 boost my intellect. Um, it, it it's I am interested in lesson learned. It is two XP though. Um, the alternative to something like is something like evidence one, which gives you two clues if you kill four damage worth of monsters, which is not an impossibility in the later uh, scenarios certainly. Um, so I don't know which is better. But as you say, the ability to to guarantee to trigger the uh, the criteria for lesson learned by taking attack opportunity is is pretty nice. And the other thing I always forget with the the upgraded evidence, and also with let God sort them out, is that you don't have to. It's not that you have to do four damage in the turn; it's that you have to defeat enemies with at least four printed health. So if you've got like two two health enemies engaged with you that are both on one damage it's okay to just do two damage it still qualifies um for evidence one um so that is that is a good point and that's also got two books and is only one xp um so perhaps perhaps that's a better better pick um although base evidence also has two books i should really take base evidence more that's just a good card yeah i mean i've 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 genuinely uh, used base evidence much more frequently for its two book icons than I have for actually playing it. Um, but I think I did play it in that last scenario, which was nice. Um, yeah, I think upgrading evidence zero to evidence one is something that I might do. Um, and then potentially I could, I could bring in lesson learned later, depending on how well I do with getting clues in this next scenario. Um, we'll see. 
Um, do you, uh, so I, those are really useful. Um, uh, 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 well, they are they are good suggestions all, and also it was useful to talk about them because um, some of them I had thought about and then kind of vaguely dismissed. But on on talking about them with you, I think they've um, they've gone higher in my estimation again. Do you want to know? There's two there's two cards which you didn't mention, which I thought about, um, which I want to share with you. One problem i have is that i took a mental and a physical trauma at the end of the last scenario which means i'm going in as a five seven or the other way around seven five um stat line which is pretty pants um i was considering various ways to try and uh compensate for that i mean ideally i can put somebody like tetsuo mori into play and, and as soak um but i have had worse two um, is something that I've looked at. It, it, uh, it, when you're dealt damage or horror, you can cancel up to two of it and then gain that many resources. So it gives you money as well. Um, yeah, it is quite expensive for XP, but it, it is free to play. It it it's it it responds to the problem that I have with with low will, well low sanity, sorry, and also it's a source of money. So I I'm thinking maybe one of those if I can justify it. No, it's a, it, that that is a, and I I should have thought about the trauma when I was um, looking at cards. Um, but yeah, no, you're completely right. That is, um, it is just, it's so good. It's it's so good. I think I've had worse. Is a very good pick. Um, so yeah, I would I would I would say that's an excellent plan. What was the other one? And then the card, and then well, the card that I think was when I was creating this level zero deck, I thought. Whatever else happens, I want to upgrade into that. Um, and it's Bandolier 2. See, okay, right. So I looked at Bandolier 2 and I really went back and forth with myself on whether or not I thought it was a good plan because I like I like the extra head. It's giving you the extra two hand slots. So I guess it means you can take like the Blessed Blade, the Winchester and the Flashlight, which is good. But given that... Given that as Yorick, you're kind of discarding a lot of your cards, the only card you've got that you're kind of really holding on to is a Blessed Blade anyway. And I didn't know whether you'd want the head badly enough to pay the 2 XP. So I, 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 think, it's a, I, I think it's a good pick, but I, I, really, I really did am an R on it, on, on whether I should suggest it. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it, of, of course, you're, you're kind of right to am an R about it. Um, the advantage of it, because... It, it, because the Winchester takes up two hand slots, then if once you get the Winchester to play, that it's just then a plus one stat boost, which is for two ex, two cast is really nice. Um, it it does allow you, as you say, to um, I kind of want the ideally I would have the, the Winchester and a flashlight, and then something else, maybe a knife, more likely because you know it would allow me to sort of throw the knife and bring it back and not have to lose um, lose hands. Yeah, uh, and the health soak is there. In, in direst straits, I suppose, but it's there for the base one uh, level zero version as well. I think th- those are some of the more pr- practical reasons. There was also just frankly the thematic um, idea because it really felt in the scenario that Yorick was turning into this kind of Rambo esque figure, just toting around weapons in the hospital somehow. Bam, <laughs> it brought in all this war gear in. Um, and I just love the idea of him sort of. He, he he could have two Winchesters in play at the same time, and I'm not saying that's why I'm putting this in, but it's why I'm putting this in. <laughs> oh no! Okay, now now you've got to absolutely take it. Um, I think 
Because there's no, there's no reason to have two witch sisters to play, as far as I can remember. <laughs> but there is, in that it is um, so cool. <laughs> uh, that does make me very happy. The, the other compelling argument behind upgrading Bandelier is that um, it will provoke... Um, discussion from Dai on the Drawn to the Flame Discord. Um, hey, well, because he has is... opinions on Bandelier and how no one should take it. And so if we upgrade the Bandeliers in your deck, that seems like a good a good reason to do that. Possibly not, I don't know. I, I agree. I mean to be honest, the Bandelier one was really sorry, Bandelier Zero was really useful for me in the first scenario because it allowed me to to carry the Winchester and anything else. And it's it, you know I love Bandelier. I really like it, but um, I know I know he and I have um, have had that out on the Draw to the Flame Discord before. So yeah. Well, there's a lot of XP that we talked about. Um, oh, sorry, all the cards we talked about cost a lot of XP if I take them all. So I can't take them all. I think I like your idea of Sacred Covenant because uh, you have a, you have much more experience with Bless than I have. I think this is the first time I've really built a deck that that capitalizes on Bless. So that would be two XP. So then I could take two Bandoliers and two Vicious Blows, which is another eight. And I will have one left over for Righteous Hunts or Evidence one. Or I could only upgrade one of the Vicious Blows, for example, and take an I've Had Worse. And I think that will be better. Yeah, I think I think I've Had Worse. I think I would say I've Had Worse should be a priority upgrade, given the trauma. So that... I think is wise, and also given that it gives you the money, like it's just a super solid card. Even if you, even if you don't have trauma, but but especially with. So that would be. I've had worse. Is two vicious blow is two. That's four. The covenant is two. That's six. And then I had five left. So I I probably would go for the bandolier two twice just to get that out of my system and then see how it works. And then either spend the one on. I think maybe spend the one on on upgrading evidence. Do you think? Or possibly even bringing uh, bringing an additional evidence one in on top of the existing evidence. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it could be. I think between righteous hunt and evidence, I'd probably lean towards righteous hunt just because I think the movement might be super useful. But I can see the argument that evidence would also be good. So I'm not sure. Alternatively, you could kind of save it up so that you can get. The, the second copy of Vicious Blow more quickly, but um, Dream Eaters isn't exactly stingy with XP, so I don't know whether I'm being over... It isn't, and the next scenario is likely to be quite difficult. The, you know, the, the the staircase with the thing coming after you is... is I'm dreading that, frankly. Um, so it may be that I get a kind of worse outcome in the second scenario than in this one in terms of XP. Um, I think I'll probably go with Righteous Hunt as the, as the 11th XP spent... Um, because if I can, if I can, I mean, I'm, I've always got the ability in, in, to play, presumably, bury them deep, which guarantees me a one XP unless I'm super unlucky. Which means that you know, I can get that second vicious blow next time, possibly a second I've had worse, depending on how badly I, I get hurt. Um, and then there are options then of, of 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 the of the other things that you mentioned, possibly live and learn, and sorry, lesson learned, and so on. Um, uh, yeah, so there's. I mean, the pro- the the problem is that, that there's not much to do with upgrading assets because they all cost more than two XP. Um, it's mostly sort of bringing in sort of some nice events, uh, and 
it depends on how long this campaign takes to play. There are a couple of, of upcoming cards and upcoming Mythos packs that would be quite useful, but I don't think they'll be out in time, but who knows? Yeah, I only got Horror and High Gear yesterday, so um, so yeah, I don't know. Okay, but I think I think we've had a, a good discussion about um, uh, about our deck upgrades, and I'm excited to see how um, our decks do in the uh, in the next scenarios. Yeah, me too. I mean, you're going to play Search of Kadath, which I think is my favourite Arkham scenario. At least it's 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 top three. Certainly, it's just so much fun to play. Um, and it's so varied any time you play it. So I'm really looking forward to hearing you do that. Uh, and uh, yeah, when when I go to the horrible house, uh, I'll, I'll almost certainly get eaten. But um, you know, Yorick will be in the graveyard at the end, hopefully. So he'll be in his home turf. Excellent, excellent stuff. Okay, so um, thank you to everyone for listening. I will see you on my podcast in my next episode. And I will see you on my podcast in my next episode. So um, uh, thank you for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.